Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fight Over Flight podcast, episode three, Fight Against Your Anxiety. Now, Angel and I aren't medical professionals. We aren't doctors. We're just two men that have suffered from anxiety before it has tormented us, and we have a fi- and we figured out a way to defeat it. So during this episode, you're going to hear about anxiety, the causes, the effect, and the way to overcome it. And our goal is for you to watch this and be better off than you were before you watched it. Enjoy. What's going on, man? I like that you're not in a suit today. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're more casual today. Yeah, a little, like, yeah, yeah, a little bit more, more athletic. <laughs> Athleisure, I think they call it, right? How's it going, my brother? How's your day going? Good, man. You know, as usual, there's always, um, there's always things that you need to uh, tweak and kind of learn how to get through. But other than that, it's been a good week. Yeah. It's been a good week. Just working here, editing videos, doing what I do, you know? How's your week? I love it. Good. You know, we uh, last week was the the release of the podcast. Yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Thank you to everybody that watched and subscribed cuz I mean, we did not expect it to even get this uh this much attention right away. So, we got some touching stories from people for this episode and I can't wait. I'm super excited and thank you for everyone. You know, like Angel just said, we got DMs, like crazy amount of DMs. Yeah. Crazy amount of messages saying how many people enjoyed it and more importantly, how it already affected people. Yeah. How like they were like, man, we need something that's authentic and real and so we can hear real stories. Yeah. And it was funny, the day we dropped it, people were asking us to talk about anxiety. (laughs) And that was already our plan. Like we were like, all right, we're going to do anxiety. Then we're going to talk about masculinity and stuff. But it was always the plan from, from like the day that you and John got together. So I think... It just goes to show that we kind of have something to offer people in that area. So, you know, I know we both did some research. Yeah. We got some some little facts to share. So let's talk about it. Man. Yeah, it's exciting. And uh, and I, you know, I wanted to let the listeners know that we can talk about anxiety for 24 hours straight. Right. So we're not going to go too crazy with it. We're just going to dive into as much as we can. Right. And. The more episodes that come out, we're going to revert back to anxiety. And, and anxiety is going to be the topic of a lot of discussions with I a was, lot of people. I was so you know? surprised at how many people are affected by anxiety. That's one of the first things, like, the first thing that when I looked it up, it was like, people, more than half of Americans suffer from some form of, of anxiety, which is nuts to me. Like, how, do, how does one thing or one kind of, uh, I don't want to call it disease, some one kind of sickness affect nearly half the population and i think it has a lot to do with like the way we structure our culture here in america where people are just told to to run and to hustle and to always be working and then on top of that it's it has a lot to do with the way we interact with each other where we're not completely vulnerable all the time we have to kind of have this facade up in order to keep the professional professionalism going you know yeah you're right it's it's something that is kind of taboo yeah that people never want to talk about and people or, or, or at, at the minimum, like people will mention it and then dismiss it. Does that make sense? So like uh, I have a friend that suffered really big from anxiety and every time I would talk to her, she was feeling anxious. She's like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I have to go. And then she wouldn't do it, take any steps to get rid of the anxiety. It was just like whatever happened, happened to her. Mm. You know, have you ever experienced something like that? Yeah. Where you just kind of feel it. You don't want right. to fix it. Right. You, and that's something that I want to talk about where we're going to get it 
what I believe, there's no cure for anxiety. Right. I don't believe that there's a cure. I don't believe that you can take a pill and it's going to go away. Mm. I believe that there is different, different changes you can make in your lifestyle. Mm. And with that, you can control the anxiety on a daily basis. Because there's a difference between curing it and controlling it. And I believe that where anxiety doesn't affect me anymore is because I've learned to control it by using specific techniques and specific things that we're going to, you know, discuss today. So, yeah, let's get into that a little bit. Because there was one thing I was watching, you know, I'm a huge Jordan B. Peterson fan. And uh, I was listening to him talk about anxiety and how it relates to depression and it relates to phobias. So, like, when people become anxious around certain things, it makes them fear those things and stops them from doing it. And he was using the example of, like, an elevator, right? Like, some people are scared to death of getting on elevators. They won't do it. And it's kind of because they, at one point, had a bad experience or have heard a bad experience when they were young that formed them and is embedded into them. So, like, he talks about this process of going from just looking at a picture of an elevator Mm. and just doing that until you're bored to then standing in front of an elevator and doing that until you're bored and little by little to the point where you can kind of get get to a place where you're like okay I'm going to get on this elevator and we can stop whenever you want we can you know take it at your own pace but it's just like such a interesting way to to think about overcoming anxiety like face it head on yeah and he's one of the world's best uh what's he a psychiatrist Uh, yes yeah social psychologist social psychiatrist uh professor so he's I, I love his stuff and I think and that's why I want to dive into into like a little bit more of the technical so what is anxiety right and WebMD has anxiety listed in four separate categories so there's panic disorders there's social anxiety disorder there's phobias and there is like generalized anxiety mm. so we're not going to get into the more medical like the phobias and, and all that stuff right, right now but we're going to get into the generalized anxiety how do you control it? How do you deal with it? And um, what steps should you take right. if you're going through it in that second? And so what, you know, what's anxiety? I mean, you know, what, I, to me, anxiety, I mean, the, the symptoms of anxiety, right? There's, it kind of people think they're like having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. You're sweating. Your chest, you have chest pain. You, you can't breathe. You're kind of like foggy. You don't really know what's going on. That's the symptoms that I got. I know people get different kind of symptoms. You know, what, what kind of symptoms did you get when, when you would uh, suffer from it? It's weird because when when I started, like, even having hints of anxiety, it wasn't so much of an out outward-facing thing. Because, like, I guess it depends on your character and what you're like as a person. I'm not in- incredibly extroverted or outgoing. So, like, for me, it was just, like, an internal F off to everything else around me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was getting so... Um, frustrated with everything at once that I didn't want to take care of anything at all. And that's, I just wanted to push everything away. Get away from me. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to answer the phone. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I think that that's how I experienced it. And and it's so funny to see how different it comes up for different people. Some people just start freaking out and they go, they, you know, they start just saying whatever comes off the top of their head. And some people just like me, I just need to be alone all of a sudden. Right, so for me, I and I'll actually go in the beginning. I used to think that people who suffer from anxiety were, were like crazy, were weak, right? Yeah, I, I were weak. Weak is a better term. I yeah. used to think it's your mind control it. Yeah, like it's just it's 
I used to think if you have a thought in your mind, right. change it. Right. And and I never my whole life I never suffered from anxiety. So because I never suffered from it, I never knew what people were going like, were going through. Yeah. And I and it just happened one day. I mean, I don't remember. It was like an accumulation of things that were going on in my life that one day I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. And it woke me up at the middle of the night. Oh wow. And I drove myself to to the hospital because I wow. thought I was having a heart attack. They look at me and they go, no, Mr. Roman, you know, you're fine. Your heart is as good as a heart can be. And what do they and, always ask? Like, are you stressed at work? Yeah, right. You're stressed <laughs> and this and that. Because they started leaning towards anxiety. They said, no, I don't suffer from anxiety. Yeah. So this has got to be, you know, a one-time thing. Mm. Two days later, again, like 12 o'clock at night. And right. it's always at night. Because there's like something about when it's, when it's nighttime and you're by yourself. Interesting. And you're like in your apartment. There's, there's like a little bit of a psychological factor. Do you think it's like... It, you just kind of getting overwhelmed with the possibility of things. Yeah, so like you're, al- you're alone. So your imagination is just running wild and you start planning out scenarios that will eventually go wrong, even though like they haven't even happened yet. Yeah. Because yeah. now, I mean, I never did this before. Mm. So now I'm like, all right, if I'm having a heart attack and I have the heart attack in my living room and I'm by myself, no one can call the ambulance. Right. And I'm going to die. You know, that, that's exactly how I feel. I feel with epilepsy. Like if there's nobody around, what's what's gonna happen? But I, I think with, with anxiety for me, it was more of like when I'm in the middle of something important, I'm just like I'm like okay, this is way too much. And especially if I'm not prepared, I'm not feeling confident, or I feel like somebody's judging me. Then I'm just like every everybody just go away, and I'll I'll storm out, or I'll like say something inappropriate to people. Like it, it's just that kind of like backed into a corner mentality, like my back's against the wall and I have to lash out. See, now that's interesting because yeah. I, I didn't know what type of anxiety you suffer from and you didn't know about mine so we can make it fresh. Yeah. That's very, so we're completely different. Yeah. My anxiety lasted for about three months, for about two or three days a week and it felt like I was having a heart attack. I actually had some symptoms of like blood clots in my legs where I'm like, I think I'm getting a blood clot in my leg. Uh-huh. And... And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I drove myself to the hospital like three or four times. No, I'm sorry. A month. It was like three or four times a month. I went like 10 times. I drove. You want to know how bad and how embarrassed I was? What's that? This is the first time I'm ever, I'm ever saying this. Okay. This happened only a couple of years ago. This was right. 2017. You know what? That's the thing. Like, I don't think anxiety is always necessarily a medical disorder that's diagnosable. You know, I think it's something that happens to people in seasons, but it's not. And I'm just like thinking right yep, this yep. isn't fact based yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything but i think that's kind of what it is we all have so many things to deal with that you know it's almost inevitable that we're gonna just be overwhelmed at one point yeah so that my what happened with me was my whole life i, I never had anxiety but i was a very strong personality mm. where i didn't open up about things so i'm gonna i'll fast forward i think my anxiety came from previous trauma hmm and, and th- you're just experiencing it fresh now. Later. Yeah. Yep. Because it's kind of like this trickling effect that eventually I was strong enough until I wasn't. 2017, around September of 2017, I is the first time I drive myself to the hospital. Oh, wow. Now, I never had anxiety and I hate going to the hospital. But for the next two or three months, I kept driving myself thinking I was having a heart attack. I was so embarrassed that I actually on, I think the third or fourth time... I drove myself to another hospital, right. <laughs> a further hospital, because they were like, all right, this guy's probably crazy. Right. That's right up my alley. Because I was <laughs> struggling with anxiety, and I didn't know it. Right. And 
what, what I soon realized was the things that I see at my job, the stuff that I go through at work. When my grandfather, who's my best friend, passed away, mm. my mom continuously got colon cancer. All of this was on my back. At the time, my, my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time, we were fighting all the time. And I never cried. I never spoke to anyone about it. Never told my friends. Never opened up. So I kind of look at it like it was a block of ice. Mm. And every time something traumatic happened in my life that I didn't talk about, chip, boom, knocked some of the block off. Oh, my grandfather passes away. Boom. Oh, my mom gets sick again. More ice getting knocked down. More, And so this big block of hard, right, what I thought hardcore ice was just getting chip, 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 chip. And then... Boom, whatever it was, crumbled it. Right. Now I, was, now I wasn't strong enough. So I had to figure out, where is this coming from? Do you think it could be uh, something that happens because of the way that we're socialized or raised in today's, like, in our culture today? So we have a very kind of out in the open culture with social media nowadays. Like, uh, you're a couple years younger than me, right? Yep. So when I, when I was coming up, there was no Facebook, Instagram, nothing. And I'm not blaming social media. I'm not like demonizing it. But what I mean is that if we had something to express, we would express it person to person, right? We would just convey that emotion or we wouldn't. And, you know, obviously the same symptoms can happen. But nowadays, everything is expressed through our phones. And it's almost like less, less likely that you're going to want to take that confrontation head on. So you go through confrontations that you should be going through in life, but you don't need to because we have all of this great technology. And then out of, out of that, you just start to feel kind of like nothing is real. Nothing is actually sentimental. And then that can kind of form. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I never looked at it that way. I think, I think you're onto something there because I, I do want to talk about a little bit later about how social media plays into anxiety right and why i think the anxiety is more prevalent now than ever like the instagram button of course all of that so i think i want to talk about that a little bit later yeah i just because what to me is very interesting is the way that you struggled with anxiety Mm. because for me anxiety was and the people that i spoke to it was i feel like i'm getting a heart attack i don't know what's going on i can't control these emotions please help me out right and that was it your type of anxiety is like if you just get so much coming at you at once right and you shut down yeah, yeah i i That's almost feel like it's like a, a boxer right right when he gets like a a big punch to the nose and then all of a sudden he's disori- disoriented so he can't really defend himself against the smaller blows the jabs and the uppercuts and all that stuff and he just starts getting hit more and more until he passes out like that that's kind of how i feel like one big thing will happen to me that'll lower my resistance to everything else that's going on in my life and that starts to pile on to me and and i stop i almost stop trying and i just let it kind of happen to me and all of a sudden i go from being on this high to just like being on the super low or right or rather like mediocre or regular to like just being on the super low where it's crazy to see the the kind of contrast because yeah. like you you have a very extroverted manifestation of that where i'm like quietly suffering yeah. which i don't think either one is healthy no no i mean none of them is healthy and that's and that's both ends of the spectrum and and that's very interesting because i think that now that you're saying it, i'm kind of relating it more to what people go through mm. i think that people who work 50 60 90 hours a week right and are like a lot of creative mm-hmm. people i would say would struggle with that you know correct me if i'm wrong because they they have to be creative they have to be moving on demand it's going there's, there's no way to system systematize 
what's the word? Systematically? Yeah. There's no way to make it a regular thing. Like you can't just create regularly following a formula. So that that causes all this like mental turmoil. Yeah. So you're kind of like in this chaotic state. Yeah. And you just go. So when I was doing my research, I saw that people suffered with the kind of the heart, heart attack, the the heart palpitations and all that stuff. And I, Yours, I didn't even see that. So that yeah, look heart at that. Yeah, time. but I didn't even see like the what you're talking about, you know. But another thing I thought was interesting was, I I, I think that actually what I want to get to because I'm just like so stuck on yours now because <laughs> I think that a lot of people in the social media era because of the creativeness, right? They go through that, and I and I did research and I wanted to take notes on it because I thought that this was was so powerful. Is that there's bad anxiety. But then there's also good anxiety, and and I'd never heard of that. Yeah, explain. So that. the you know the bad anxiety is related to future and past tense. Mm. So it's a future and past tense feeling, while the good anxiety is a present tense feeling. It's almost like it, if you're nervous, it means it's important. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was this was so interesting. I thought this was great. Where it says you know if you're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, and if you're worried about what's going to happen over the next five years, you are living in, in anxiety. It's like Will Smith explains when he gets ready to go skydiving. Mm. So before Will Smith first went skydiving, he said that. He said, yeah, he told his friends, oh, I'm going to go skydiving. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And then that night, he couldn't sleep. Hmm. Because he was like, am I crazy? I'm going to jump out of a plane? And he's now in fear where he's safe in his bed. Right. So he's safe in his bed and he can't sleep because the anxiety is just running through him, right? That's such a good video. On On the way... To the plane. Yeah. Freaking out. He's freaking out. He's trying to remain cool, but he's freaking out. And he's going over this like, I'm safe in the car, relatively safe. Well, I'm safe in my house, definitely. Mm. I'm safe in the car because I'm not going to fly out of the plane in the car. And as he's going, he's, he's anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. It's killing him, right? But it's a future tense anxiety. Right. Then when he jumps out of the plane, it's one of the most blissful things he's ever done. So the actual point where he should be in fear and anxious, right. he feels free. That's so. So I think that when I'm when I'm doing this research, I see that if you're focusing on the future, hmm. on what's the outcome, where am I going to be in three years? What's going to happen? Is the market going to crash? Am I going to lose value in my home? Am I going to be in the job that I want? That future tense creates severe bad anxiety because these things have not even come come yet, and, right. and you're worrying about it. Also. I believe where my anxiety comes from is a past trauma. Right. So if the future is that, the past is a trauma that you have not yet dealt with. Uh, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, you may have saw something five years ago that now is creeping back into your life. Right. And it just out of nowhere takes effect. Right. And you can't, and, and you can't, like me, I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but it was the domino effect of the events happening in the past with you not dealing with it, you not telling anyone, you not reaching out for help, you thinking that you're weak for reaching out, all of that until one day the dominoes collapse and there's nothing left and you're by yourself and you're struggling. So that's the past. But when it talks about the present being a good anxiety, it's like when you're going up for a job right? and you're so excited for the job, but you're so nervous and and you're there, but but then you feel that, into your preparation. Yeah. You're doing, it's like this podcast right, right now. I get so excited to do this. Like, it's like a beautiful thing. We get to talk to people. We get to talk, you know, um, people get to hear and it's, and it's awesome, but I'm still nervous. Right. And I'm still, I get anxious about it because 
am I going to say the right things? Are people going to going to like it? So it starts to think. But then it fuels me to to prepare and to and to put out original stuff. You right, know what I mean? Right. So I I thought that that was cool thinking of it in those three different aspects of your life. And if you're listening, think about it. When you struggle with anxiety, when anxiety what hits, about? what are you thinking about? Yeah. Is what, it the past, what the future, could be, or, what was? Exactly. Yeah, all of that. It, it's so funny that you say that because I was listening to uh, Jordan Jordan Peterson, and he was he was he was really interesting. What he said, like it, it was kind of contradictory, but he said the real question isn't why we get anxious. The real question is how we're not always anxious a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> because he's he, what he says is like life is so overwhelmingly difficult. Just th- from from raising a family to going to work to figuring out what career you want to figuring out you know how to relate with interpersonal relationships how is it that we're not always anxious <laughs> i love that <laughs> right it just changes everything so now we think yeah. about okay what grounds us what levels us what makes us at ease and those are the things we have to learn to further so if what brings you to to ease is knowing that you're set in like a certain career path and that's going to be your purpose and your goal like we were talking about mm-hmm. last week um, then that's how you should be focusing on it, you know? And, and I thought that was such an interesting way to look at it, to just flip it. Yeah. Like, yeah, life is crazy, man. Yeah. Like, well, didn't we talk about it yesterday? Yeah. Like Perspective. You might, yeah. You might feel mediocre. You might feel like, I don't really have anything to be anxious about. But think about it not only in the context of your life, but in the context of, like, all of human history. How crazy is existence, period? <laughs> you know, the fact that you're here. You know, and so mm. that, of course, is going to give you some sort of anxiety. It's going to give you something. Good old Jordan Peterson. Yeah, man. I want, that that I, got I, me thinking big time. That's int- I, I want Jordan Peterson on probably like the 100th episode. That's the goal. Jordan, if you hear this, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll surprise us for yeah. Christmas or something. For real. <laughs> but I, I now I want to start talking about what you what, what we said about uh, social media. Right. Because I think that anxiety is prevalent. And I actually want to know how prevalent... Um, Mew, can you do me a favor, man? Can you run those? Sti- can you let us know the statistics that we actually gave you? Uh, the, the boy Mute. Yeah. Yeah, I know we get we gave him some statistics that we were running through. Right. And we know just about, I think it was like how many people actually suffer with anxiety. So oh, we yeah, get some I got facts, you know? Too. Yeah. Uh, anxiety disorder are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States aged 18 and older or 18.1% of the population every year. Wow. 18% of the po- U.S. population is suffering from anxiety. And what was that? It was anxiety is the number one disorder in America? That's what I thought I read. But Yeah, yeah the first line you said. The disorders are most common mental illness in the U.S. Most common mental illness. I mean, that's crazy. Wow. Eight, 18% is a lot. You know what's crazy, man? It's it's not only that, but how where, where was that? I'm sorry, where was that from? What was the? Uh, that was from adaa.org. Anxiety and Depression Association. Pretty reputable. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like Huffington yeah, Post, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wikipedia.com or YouTube.com. Yeah. No. Um. No, but what's crazy bad. to me is that it's so normalized. So like, oh, you suffer from anxiety. Okay, yeah, I mean, get over it. You know, there's not really um, productive step-by-step ways to deal with it that we've discovered, like, as a culture. So I I think when when we were talking about in the beginning, 
having that step-by-step process of like, okay, what makes you anxious? Yeah. Figuring that out first. What is it that makes you anxious? What kind of situations? And then how do you confront those situations? Mm. You, maybe you don't necessarily, like let's say you you get anxious when you have a job interview. Maybe you don't just go to more job interviews. Maybe you start by applying for jobs until you can't take it yeah. anymore. And then you start by getting dressed for the job. Mm. Little things that are just not necessarily huge leaps or you wouldn't think would make a difference, but they make all the difference in the world because they're rewiring something that's deep-seated in you. Mm. So, I mean, that that's such an interesting statistic. Yeah, it's very interesting because, and like you said, it's becoming more and more popular. And I, I want to know if it's, we're not going to know, but I wanna, I'm interested in seeing how social media plays an effect and right, why it's media. so much more, why it's more popular now. Yeah, I, and this is just me pontificating, but I think it has a lot to do with comparison. Yeah. Because, like, what do Definitely. we, when you're, be, when you're being anxious, and you can speak for your own, but you're thinking of a potential future as opposed to something else that you've seen, right? Like, it's like, all right, I want to be, well, I want to be a sergeant, I want to be a captain, I want to be this or that, because I've seen this, these people that inspired me. So you're naturally, con- you're, you're naturally um, comparing your life to other people, your heroes, maybe your parents maybe, your brothers, sisters maybe, and then all of a sudden you're like, there's this friction because they did something great, now you feel this huge amount of pressure to do something great too. And it's not necessarily healthy to think that way. The the way that you should be thinking, in my opinion, is like I have nothing to be anxious about. Everything that I have is provided for me because I'm I'm abundant in my mentality, right? The kind of like the 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 scripture, um, Philippians four. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God and mm-hmm. the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus, baby, Jesus. Yeah, man. <laughs> I well, love it. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like just yeah. like a f- you have to have something outside of yourself that you trust. Yes. So, something that you trust more than you. Yes. And it, ne- it can't necessarily be another person because people are all flawed. Well, I, I wasn't going to dive into... I wasn't going to be 100% transparent, and now I will, because it's kind of a good way to lead into this. Yeah. So how I got out of my anxiety is through God. Mm. It's actually what brought me to the church, and that's where we met in in our church. Yeah. So from September of 2017 till December, I was suffering from the anxiety. I didn't know what was going on, and uh, Bianca and I, Bianca's my fiance, we went to House of Worship. Right. Because Brian and Crystal were dedicating Riley. Oh, wow. So, um, listeners, this is going to be a cliffhanger. Yeah. Brian, <laughs> Crystal, and Riley are going to be... They're um, going to the gonna be on the show. And that's probably going to be the greatest episode we'll ever do. Yeah. And But they're the reason Short why... careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's the reason why we went. And wow. we went there. And so, Bianca, and she'll attest to this, was with me for five years. Wow. Five years, she'd never seen me cry. Mm-hmm. Like all the all the stuff we went through, my grandfather, my mom, you know, financial struggles. She'd never seen me cry because mm. that that was for the week. Right, I right. can't express my emotion like that. I'm a I'm a detective. I'm gonna be a SWAT operator. Right. I'm a martial artist. I'm a college baseball player. I don't. So so I thought like right. I thought that this was what made you weak, right? And first day in church, I cried the entire service. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I vaguely remember that. The entire like, service. It's that freaking blonde dude yeah, crying. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Bianca's like, okay. So I was like, ah, maybe it was just because it was an emotional service. Yeah. So I went back the next day. I kid you not. I got baptized in March. Mm. From December to March, I cried every service on the floor on my face. <laughs> and it was like pouring out of me. And the lesson that I learned from that. And so from that day, from December 2017 till now, uh, August of 2019, I've had two anxiety attacks since, and I didn't go to the hospital. Once I had the anxiety attacks, I got out of bed, I started praying, and 10 minutes, it went away, like, just like that. Right. Vanished, basically. That's amazing, because, like, that's what I mean when I say, like, something outside of yourself. Like, if if you don't believe in Christianity, like, do you? But... There has to be some sort of foundation for who you are and some aim for who you are outside of people. Because when when you do that, you leave too much up in the air and in control of other people. Like the reason that we were having this anxiety is because we had this projection of a future that somebody else mapped out for us. But what if that's not really for us? How could we actually know the truth? So I, I think that's such a amazing testimony because it it's it really speaks to the core issue about anxiety yeah. like you're relying too much on yourself yeah and and to go back to the social media thing i'm gonna be what i'm gonna tell you exactly what i think with yeah. social media i think social media is a platform that can be used for the greatest of things and it has done an, it has done an amazing job mm. and i love social media right i think that Anxiety comes from oh we got we got someone who wants to come into the podcast I think they, are they trying to join oh yeah your car my bad oh my car is blocking we're gonna have to all right gonna so we're to gonna pause. take a pause and we'll be back <laughs> and we're back people <laughs> so we had a little bit of a, a situation outside because Rob likes to park wherever he wants right all right I'm gonna tell them the real story <laughs> go ahead. Angel had about three fans outside looking for an <laughs> autograph, and they just interrupted our podcast. It's a curse, autograph. man. It's unbelievable. It's a curse. Are you, you know? kidding me? I don't know. I mean, two hundred <laughs> out of those two hundred fifty views, you know, five of them were outside. <laughs> oh man! Oh, so I, I forgot we were talking about. Me too. <laughs> but I, it's good because I wanted to get into the social media. Yes, yes, and why I think um, that social media is one of the main reasons people are struggling with anxiety mm. and it's because I want to ask a question to the listeners. Mm. I want to ask them a question. What type of content are you consuming? Is it good or is it bad? It's a great question. Is it infecting your mind or is it impacting your mind? Right. So what are you viewing? Who are you following right now? Look at, look at the next 10 posts. Are they actually people you care about? Are they actually things that you care about? Is it educating your mind? Is it giving you knowledge? Is it making you happy? Are you smiling? Or is it not? Yeah. Is it, are you just looking at things that, are you looking at people that post their best versions of themselves? Is that what you're looking at? Are you looking at the the model on the beach? Are you looking at the, if you're like a powerlifter, you're looking at the powerlifter that's like the strongest guy in the world (laughs) and you're trying to compare yourself to him? You know, what are you feeding your mind? Yeah. And whatever you're feeding your mind on social media you may think that you may think that you're a bystander, you're not getting affected. And you totally are. Because right. I can give you the scenario right here. Instagram. Oh man, I wish I, I wish I was on vacation like them. Right. Oh man. 
Look at the way they look. And you're right. just getting the best of the best of the best versus you can follow content that are educating you. You can follow pages that are teaching you how to how to handle your finances, that are teaching you how to deal with anxiety, yeah. that are teaching you these things. So what are you feeding your mind? Is it infecting you or is it positively impacting you? And, and I think that that's a question that needs to be answered by the individual listener because I know that when I'm looking at things that I wish I had and I'm like, man, now I start to feel a little jealous. Now right. I start to feel a little envious. And these are not good emotions. These emotions that are going to completely destroy you because then you're going to go back to your life and you're going to always measure up what you're going through through people on social media through their best. That's a, It reminds me of this quote by uh, Isaac Newton, uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Which, which essentially means like everything that we do in life, we're, on, we're standing on the foundation that was set for us by somebody else. And when we're, when we're looking at social media, when we're uh, obsessing with certain kinds of content, that's, those are the giants that we're standing on. Are they good or are they bad giants? You know, are they healthy or unhealthy? And I, I think a lot of us think that we are inventing our own worldview. And we're inventing the way we see things just right up front. But we're subject to so much influence from when we were born to, to this moment, where, who, whatever age you are that it's almost impossible for us to have a truly, truly unique thought. Truly, truly unique. And, and it's, us, it's up to us to make sure that whatever is influencing us is leading us to the most true path of thoughts that we can possibly have. So I think that's what social media is good for. It's good to give us good influence, but it's, it can also be a double-edged sword because it, it's very easy for us to just grab whatever and just kind of be a vegetable for a little while and just binge whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Cause then you can just get lost and you yeah. can just, you, you can just, sometimes you can look at social media and you don't even know why you're doing it. Yeah. You just kind of just, Oh, I'm at a traffic light. I'm going to look at social media. Um, yeah. It's a commercial. I'm looking at social media. So you kind of, there's no, in, there's no intention. Right. So and, it, and it's, you know, like everybody knows about the dopamine spikes you get when yeah. you get a lot of likes. And, and that's, like that. and that's a big thing. So we talk about likes I want I want people to start posting content on social media, and I guarantee them, like I'm guaranteeing, mm -hmm. that they're going to be much happier is if they post what they actually care about versus they post what they think their friends care about, right? And what they think that, other people care about. And that's I think where anxiety kicks in too, because people are thinking about what to post, and it's like if I post my most authentic self and nobody likes it then I'm being rejected. But it's like, no, people are just busy liking pictures of Lambos and, you know, yeah. girls in bikinis yeah. and whatnot. But think about that. Like, it's to some people that's detrimental. Right. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post at the, ex at, I'm going to post at the time that I think most people are watching, yeah. on the day that I think most people are watching with the best filter. This is, oh, I have my best yeah. outfit on and 30 seconds, three minutes, 10 <laughs> minutes go by. <laughs> like who cares right you know you, you, if you put all your value in the likes you're gonna struggle with anxiety but right. if you put your value in okay i got 22 likes but three people messaged me and they said that brightened up my day right oh i learned something and that was funny i'm gonna tap into my digital marketer now yeah but oh yeah this is a Bring very gary v thing to say you know like it's not about the width of your of your social following it's about the depth how much of an impact are you making and like just to bring up the generational differences, like I'm I was born in eighty eight. You were born what year? Ninety one. Ninety one. So like our generation, I think, was the last to be in to live in both a 
pre-internet and post-internet world. So we kind of have that foundation of like we know that there's some other kind of communication, but we just can't figure out why we're why we miss it. Mm. Whereas like these kids nowadays, from the minute that they hit like two years old, they have a phone in their hand and they have iPads in their hand. And it's almost like that's part of the world. So they're they're growing up not even knowing what this emptiness is. Like what is this emptiness for um intimacy, not even sexually, but just, you know, on a on a social level with other people. They have it, but they don't have it. Yeah, like when I was in middle school or in high school and we we went to a party, everyone spoke to each other. You were at the party. If yeah. you wanted the girl's <laughs> number, you had to walk over and get the girl's number. Oh my god, that's like, so horrifying. <laughs> Like there was a, you know, you, I just remember a time where you and your friends are talking and we never struggle with anxiety. Right. Teens now. So, so the, the, the highest suicide rate among any age group are teenagers. Wow. How's that possible? Yeah. When I was a teenager and like I said, we're at this party, we're talking, we're talking to each other and we're like, I'm going to get three numbers. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to get four numbers, right. you know? And it's just like, and it was a cool thing and it was, we weren't dehumanizing women and nothing. No. We were just laughing. We were listening to music, having a good time right. and connecting. We as adults, we as humans need to connect. Right. And that's something that you're talking about that there's a void that they don't have, but I also don't want to beat up on these, on the social media or the right. new generation. Right. Because we have to think of a solution to right. the anxiety. So what I want to tell you is if you are struggling with anxiety and you think it's related towards social media, the lack of connection with people, the maybe the jealous and the envious side of things, first I want to say identify it. Mm. So you identify, just like we mentioned earlier, when you're getting anxiety or think about the times that you had anxiety in the past, identify it. Identify what caused it. Was it is it a future tense thing? Is it a past tense thing? Is it a social media thing? Identify where your anxiety is coming from. So now you know. Now you're aware. Next step. Realize that you're not gonna die from it. Right. Because I know my anxiety led me down to roads of of I think I'm gonna die. You're not gonna die from it. And whatever you're going through, we have to just then figure out ways to cope with it. And how you do that is talk to people who care about you. Mm-hmm. Talk to loved ones. If you're suffering, I'm talking about general anxiety. If you're suffering with severe, severe anxiety because yeah. you had like a serious trauma, you know, if you were, you know, you, you've seen someone die, you know, you may be sexually assaulted. What, right. If you're suffering from serious, serious trauma, I highly suggest seeking professional help. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're broken. I've spoken to a therapist before. I think everyone needs to speak to a therapist. I've done counseling. I've done counseling. And I, and I think that it's because you're getting a, a perspective from a professional right. that can then help you out who's helped people out in the past. So if you're truly struggling, I'm going to tell you right now, I this podcast is going to be it's going to be able to help what you're going through. And we're going to give you real advice. And we're going to give you advice that we've gotten from other people with the research. But we're also going to say seek professional help. Yeah, seek, com- seek community. Community. As well yeah, because, it's going to help you. Yeah, a big part of a big part of community that I think pairs with professional help is that people aren't necessarily they don't have to tell you the truth, but they want to because they care so much about you. Yes, and that's what community can do for you, and that's why places like a church or a club that you go to not not like a party club, but like you know a gathering of people that you go to is super important to your development socially, mentally, everything. Because if you don't have that, you don't have the mirror to put up against yourself and say, this is wrong with me, this is wrong, I need to tweak that. Exactly. Or it's not wrong with you. Right. And things are going well. And you're actually, your trajectory in life is 
the best it can possibly be. So I want to tell people that after you identify it, you figure out where it's coming from, you ask for help in community, you speak to therapists, you try to figure out what's really going on. And then after that, like you realize it's not so bad, you know, and figure out ways to incrementally attack it. And when I say incrementally attack it, I mean, if, if you're getting anxious to speak, Mm-hmm. You don't want to speak to people because you're so much in your phone that you feel like if you have to have a real human connection with someone, you freak out. Start speaking to people that you're most open with, right. your, your siblings, your parents, whatever. Do that and then talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about. Mm-hmm. So not get like creative right. and get get like controversial. So talking about different things that are going to are going to have some back and forth debate and we're going to have right. some things with people that you love and care about. So then you can now branch out to strangers and do it. So you're going to be exposed to whatever you're anxious of and you're going to realize it's not that bad. Right. It's those tiny steps that make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Can we swif- switch gears just for a yeah, second? Yeah, of course. Um, I want to read some of the stuff that people sent us when mm. we asked about anxiety because I think that I got, yeah. some, I got some crazy answers. Like crazy in a good way. Like I they were it. very vulnerable about it. Right. So uh, let me pull it up. Yeah, let's hear the real, let's hear what real people are saying. Yeah. Because that's like the best part about this, connecting with people and hearing what they're going through so we can, so the other listeners can say, hey, I'm not alone. So, so yeah, so this first one is um, countless panic attacks, fainting, throwing up, terrible. That's what they wow. said. So, I mean, it sounds similar, maybe not, maybe this one's a little more severe than what mm-hmm. you go through, but... You know, I know this person, and and they're, um, I think they're relying too much on themselves. Like we said, you know, they they don't see they don't see comfort in community or um, something to rely on besides a person. Can you read that again? Countless panic attacks, fainting, throwing up. Okay, so what I would say to that person, I I think that you're on the right path. Where I don't know who who it is, mm-hmm. but they're depending on themselves. Where they need to find a uh, a purpose for the everyday life and they need to figure out what they need to i, I don't want to say um cuz this is the, that's still so vague that i don't really know what they're struggling yeah. with but if it's if it's severe like that where it's now it's like messing with your daily activities i would say talk to the people that are closest to you figure out what's going on Maybe seek some professional help. But really, I, I tell people, man, like if you knew my God, you'd really know how to approach these difficult things in life. Right. Because what God did for me was, and it's not just being in a church, it's that what God did for me was he showed me the way to being able to talk to people, mm. to like-minded people, to people who have struggled. And it's not... Going to church wasn't what took anxiety away from me. It was talking to the people in the church. Right. It was the people that have gone through it, that have helped people through it, the community. That right there, it doesn't matter if it's in the four walls of the church or it's in a park. Right. But you're speaking to people that that have that foundation of God and have that foundation of love, hope, um, caring, grace. These it's just when you're around those people your body starts to change. So I want to say to that person, man, you know, if you're, if you're throwing up and if that's, and if it's serious, I say first identify where it's coming from, speak to people, 
and and get involved in in the church or get involved with, with people who really be. care yeah who really care about you yeah. you know I, I think a big part of the church aspect too is um, correcting your mentality because a lot of times yeah. what will happen in in a church setting for people that don't know is you'll be surrounded by a group of people sharing and mm-hmm. you're just sharing genuinely authentically what you're feeling and people will offer not necessarily a solution but a new perspective yes and a lot of times just that little switch of like this is actually how you should be thinking of that changes everything and it, it's what makes the difference between a good church and a bad church yes it's like can you do that can you confide in somebody and can they actually change your perspective yes and i, I think that that would help this person that's good so and that's and i think that's the the foundation of it do not be alone right don't go through this alone so i actually that's what i should have said first do not go through this alone right tell people what you're struggling with and allow them to help you change your perspective or to help you grow because the people that are closest to you are going to be able the ones that are going to do it so the next one that i got and then you, you can share some um it this one kind of surprised me but it's death trapped in a bottle waiting to explode while being inside of a volcano that's deep. Yeah. I think that was like, you know, kind of a metaphor, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it can feel that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, in like the moment? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. It can feel like anything. It can feel the worst of the worst in the moment. Right. In the moment, it's like, right? It's like you think that everything's closing in. The walls are closing in. You can't breathe. You can't function. So if that right there describes the moment of in anxiety. Yeah. I, I think a good way to that I learned to describe it was... If you have a fear of heights, that feeling you get when you're like, huh, about mm-hmm. to fall, mm-hmm. is that for a prolonged period of time. Yep. That's what. Yeah. And when you're going through that, when you're feeling it, you need to take a step back from life. Right. In the moment, so whoever suffers from anxiety, when you're having an anxiety attack, a panic attack, something related to anxiety, take a step back and breathe. Mm. Like get as... Like simple as breathing, because if you can breathe in and you can breathe out, you can can hold it for three to five seconds and you can breathe out. And if you're just focused on what's giving you life, Mm -hmm. just the breathing and nothing else matters. So I meditate and that's something that I believe helps with anxiety as well. Meditation and prayer for me go hand in hand. But what I do is, if I if I'm struggling, so when I start struggle from the anxiety attacks after I started going to church, what I did was I started praying, but I started also focusing on my breathing. Right. So when you're in that, when things feel like it's going crazy, close your eyes and breathe. Yeah. You can do that for a couple minutes, and think, and you'll see things start to change. Yeah, because it's it's essentially a biological shift that you're doing intentionally. That's the first thing. Like you're deciding to focus on your breathing. And then one of the things that happens with anxiety is it's too much overwhelming problems going on in your head at the same time. So the first way to kind of stop it, and like you said it perfectly, take a step back. Yeah. Just breathe. Breathe. And make it simple. Like I'm breathing right now. What else could go wrong? There's nothing, nothing is wrong if I'm breathing. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you have. Yeah, let me, you know what? It's it's crazy because I asked... Someone, I said, you know, I just wanted some feedback on people who suffer from anxiety. And and um, out of, I think I asked who's, who suffered from anxiety. Mm-hmm. It was like a poll on Instagram. And it's still running, but 247 people have seen it. Mm-hmm. And 53 
voted yes that they suffer from anxiety. Wow. Or, so, ha- or have suffered. I mean, that's that's too too big of an amount. So we have to realize that anxiety is, is part of our life hmm. and we just have to control it. Yeah. Because there's no cure, we just have to control it. So I want to read this, actually. I don't even want to go into, into a question. This the, I, I thought this, this was so powerful. Poem? The poem that I was talking about. So why don't we close with that? Let's let's close. Yeah. Let's close. You can read that, and then we'll be we'll be off the air. So so before we before we leave you, um, and we have we have Rob read the poem. Um, thank you so much again. Please like this. Comment what you guys genuinely think. Uh, share this with people who have anxiety or need help with anxiety. And um, just remember, if you want to be interactive, you want us to read your opinions and stuff on this podcast, just follow Rob or, or, or me and on Instagram, Angel Kiro's Rob Roman. And uh, let's take it away, man. Yeah. And so if we're going to end with the poem before I end with it, I want to give people a little checklist of what they can do. So if you're struggling with anxiety and you're going through it, as soon as it happens, identify what's going on. Mm. One, now once you identify, well, so, I'm sorry. So once you're in it, so there's going to be two, two things of, of, two tips. One, if you're going through the anxiety and it's happening right now, how, you, how do you deal with it? You take a step back and you breathe. You focus on your breathing. Get as simple as if I'm breathing, I'm living life. If I'm breathing, I'm alive. If I'm breathing, I am okay. And do that for several minutes and, and I guarantee you that it's going to help with your anxiety. Once, that, once the, the anxious state leaves you, because when it's, there's too much chaos going on, I don't want you to focus on anything else but breathing. Right. Once the anxious state is gone, I want you to do these things. I want you to identify what made you anxious. Is it a future problem? Is it a past trauma? Identify it. Is it something that you saw on social media that you were envious or you were jealous and you were, you were, doing, you were um, imagining, imagining a life that you don't have mm-hmm. and you think you want? Identify whatever it is and then realize, and then once you identify it, then go through it. Right. Like, take incremental steps to see, okay, this isn't what I really want. This isn't so bad. You know what? My life is going very well, and switch your perspective. Yeah. Switch your perspective immediately. Focus on the present, because when you're focused on the present, things are going to go much better than worrying about the future and dwelling on the past. If you are suffering from stuff from the past, from a trauma, seek help, talk to people, and open up about it. Confront it. Confront it, 100%. If it's future tense, don't worry about the future. Today is all that matters. So I just wanted to give that little checklist to people. And also, focus on your health. Eat things that are good for you and exercise. Because if you you exercise, you're going to feel better. And when you feel better, you're going to move more. And when you move more, it changes everything in your body. Because we were made from the beginning of time to move. Our body needs to be in motion. So if you move, if you work out, you exercise, you're going to look good, you're going to feel good, and you're going to perform more. It's that cycle. You're going to perform more and you're going to perform better. And the better you perform, the better you feel. So focus on your health. Be around people who care about you. Your social media should only be filled with things that are going to make you better, make you smile, make you happy. That's it. Nothing else. If you can follow these steps, I think that you're going to be okay. So now I want to get into the poem that kind of ties this all in together. I haven't really, I've never really spoken to this, this female. She just saw the post about anxiety and she said, you know, I'd like you to read a poem that I wrote and 
people don't even know that she, su- she suffered from anxiety in the past. Yeah. So this is the poem. Panic rushing, heart racing, eyes wandering, mind pacing, uncontrollable fear seeping in, making everything I see start to spin. Sweat drops down my spine. My body doesn't feel like mine. I try to convince myself I'm fine, but somehow everything is misaligned. I can't explain it too well, but I'm trying my best. Imagine trying to sleep, but never getting any rest. Or feeling your heart physically beating out of your chest, along with the thoughts that consume you and make you obsessed. Like those dark days that turn my mind into a maze, obsessed thoughts that put me in a haze. I can't pinpoint the situation or the exact time or location that caused this uh, manifestation to have my whole world in acceleration. But as but as quickly as my brain taunts me and scares as the and scares me as the images I see, as uncontrollable the situation may be, somehow, some way, I know I can be set free. Then I feel his hand on mine, which helps me see straight. He whispers that I'm fine and it lets and it helps me let go of the weight. I collapse into his chest, the one I know like home. Now I know I can finally rest. Because I know I am never alone. He guides me when I cannot see. He gives me breath when I have no air. He turns me into a better me. He is the answer to my only prayer. Now, this person told me this can mean many things. If you're spiritual, for them it's God. And if you're spiritual, it's God. If you're a female or a male... It doesn't have to be a, a male hand. It can be a parent, a sibling, a best friend. It can be someone that you can depend on. So when you have God or people you love, friends, family, that can, you can depend on, if you can just help, tell them what you're going through, and you can give them your pain, you can give them your anxieties, you can give them your fear, then you'll be set free and you'll be okay. And, I, and it was actually a positive message. And she said that she hasn't suffered from anxiety in a very long time. And she made this poem to let people know that you're not alone. And as long as you can surround yourself around the right people, you're going to be all right. Love it. That concludes episode two. Yeah. Thank you, Three. guys. Thank you.